Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos, and today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. And look, the national title game, it is tonight, so make sure you get your bets in. But also, Major League Baseball opening day is right around the corner. If you're looking to wager this year, BetOnline, it's the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest that I just mentioned, and also all some great stuff going on with baseball all year long. So head over to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, only when you use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to get started bet online it's your continued source for all your sports wagering needs including live betting and your favorite vegas casino games bet online where the game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming into the pod put me in coach i'm ready to play it is a baseball preview right here we're actually going to have a season so it's time to talk about the chicago cubs and if we're going to talk about the chicago cubs i gotta bring back in my cubs consigliere's to preview this season this year let's start off first with our panel he's sean graves welcome back sean oh my goodness joey dominic it's so wonderful to see your winter faces how are you fellas baseball it's back here we are again (laughs) we're pale we got we got bags under our eyes and we are ready for the hermosillo michael hermosillo experience we're ready to roll uh coming up next on the panel returning guest uh i believe at this point now i mean we're coming up on Maybe double digits in terms of appearances. It's tough to say. It's Dom Fortini. Welcome back, Dom. Who's going to be in more games, me or Nick Madrigal? This <laughs> <laughs> guy will. <laughs> we, it's one of the rare occasions where we get to say that Dom's butt is in better shape right now than Nick Madrigal's as we veer towards opening day. Uh, gentlemen, we're going to do a season preview a little bit differently this year. We're going to play a little game called Fact or Fiction. But first, let's just kind of open it up here with some general thoughts. Um, defense attorney Dom Fortini, you're going to go first, my friend. You're going to get the opening statement to deliver to the audience and myself. 30 wins. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, is that how we're playing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to open up the floor to you, uh, defense attorney uh, Dom Fortini, you know, about this Cubs season this year. What would you like to tell our beautiful audience about what to expect from our Chicago Cubs on the north side? Well, there's lots of great things available on the marketing network that you might want to check out other than the games this year, just in case you get bored. Um, there's lots going on. You've got uh, mid-level college basketball you can watch. You can watch some uh, Conference USA softball. Whatever your needs are, Marketing Network is there for you. That's a be- that's a beautiful ringing endorsement. I'm actually trying to pitch a series to them right now. We'll see what happens there. We can only play can only play Laverne and Shirley during a rain delay for so many times. Sean Sean Graves, a district attorney. Uh, your opening statement to the audience about the Chicago Cubs season. What are we to expect? Oh, Joey, Joey, Joey. I'm, you know what? I'm just going to start it off positive. It's the beginning of a brand new season. Anything can and could happen. Maybe we have a Cy Young winner on our team. Maybe we have a rookie of the year. Maybe we have a out of left field Frank the Tank runner up in the MVP pennant finish. Anything is possible, Cub fans. Let's hang in there. Let's enjoy these first few weeks before we go right down the shitter come May. <laughs> that's pretty much gonna be the tenor of this whole pod um because man you know here we are we've done this we've done this uh talking cubs on this pod now for i believe this is our second year now or no this is maybe our second and a half year of talking about the chicago cubs and here we are and i'm just trying to figure out you know how how did we get here right i know we all know the moves and transactions that got us here but i was like trying to think of like an analogy because I was talking to Dom on the pre-pod, and you're going to hop in on this first pod. Like, you know, Cubs fans, we've been here before, 
right? We've seen a shitty team. We've seen a team that has seven outfielders because they don't have three really good ones, right? We've seen, you know, a bunch of prospects. We've seen some guys that maybe popped for a couple hundred of bats that we're going to give some run to the next year and see if it works. But this just feels different. And I'm trying to pinpoint, I mean, Dom, I want you to answer this. You know, is this as bad as it was in the days of 2011, 2012? Because for me, this kind of analogy is like, I'm thinking of like Boogie Nights. Uh, the Chicago Cubs are Boogie Nights, where for years we were just living in our room with our posters on the wall, with our mom busting in saying that we're never going to do anything, we're never going to be anybody, we're never going to go anywhere. And he goes, no, I'm going to be a big, huge star, you'll see. And then he goes off. And he achieves his dreams and becomes a big, huge star. And now I feel like we're at the part where we're in the parking lot. And we're, you know what I mean? And, and we're like, how did we get back here? We went from the Motel 6 to the mansion, back to the Motel 6. Dom, is this like 2012 or is this season unlike any other because of where we are from the past success? 2011, 2012, you can throw in some late 90s, past Mark Grace in there as well. Jeff Blauser. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, just going over some of the stats. First of all, the rotation, God help you. If we can, if we can operate a two-man rotation for 162 games, things are going to go real well. Uh, don't ever turn it over to the bullpen, and you have to get shutouts every time because this lineup does not, you know, they're focusing on con contact, not scoring runs, not contact. Like, they teach you that in, you know, first year of real baseball where your parents pitch. Like, just make contact. Go ahead, Frank. Contact. We're hoping for that. Like, what are we doing? It's a rudderless ship right now. There's no plan. If there is a plan, it's very loose. We don't know that they're not. They're not calling me with the plan. It'll be six years before they're competitive. Competitive again. Well, and that's the problem, right? Is everyone says it's a transition year. We're taking the year off. But, like, where are the building blocks, right? Like, our, our key pieces in the lineup are all 27, 28, even 30 years old or plus. So let's be real. If it's not happening this year, it damn sure isn't happening next year. And even if you get a little bit closer next year, it doesn't mean that you're right there, which means two, three, four years down the road, maybe you are there. And then, oh, I don't know, maybe those kids that we all keep talking about from the U Darvish trade, maybe they are finally ready to make it to the big leagues. But, oh, wait, maybe we're now trading them for a Jose Quintana. You know, and it's just this thing that keeps rolling over and over again. So, Sean, I'm, I want to phrase it to you like this. Um Let's pull out let's pull out some turds and put them on the table and let's try and shine them up a little bit. Dom was kind of alluding to it a little bit, a little sarcastically, but if the Cubs were to win 80 games this year, what would it take in your opinion? What would be some examples of maybe individual player performance or what would it take for this team as a whole to compete and be a 500 team this year? Well, I you know, I think Dom kind of put it up run on spot with the offense, right? Like I think scoring runs are going to be at a premium this year for this team because they just don't have any consistent power. It's, it is going to be a lot of, of single type guys. So I think if, if they were to get to 80 wins, that says to me that they took a step up defensively, maybe, you know, Nico and Simmons playing short and second with Madrigal at DH, something like that. So maybe they're a top 10 defensive team in baseball. And then I think without a doubt, the rotation. Right. That means if we're getting 80 wins, that means to me that Kyle Hendricks is here the whole year, 13, 14, 15, 16 wins, Stroman right there with him. And then maybe someone like a Justin Steele or a Keegan Thompson surprises us and jumps up and wins you 12 to 15 games as well. That's the only way I see it. I mean, right now, the number in Vegas for us, I think, is over 74 and a half. 
it's real hard to take the over on that number right now, which with mm-hmm. all the questions we just don't have answers to. Yeah, and especially with the disjointed season two as well, you think maybe the Cubs could take advantage of some teams that are going to be dealing with some pitching problems yeah. early on. But again, that is a big, huge if with the you know moderate, mediocre talent that's probably on this roster right now. So, Dom, you know, I'll, I'll throw this back over to you. In terms of getting to 80 wins, I was trying to look up some stats and like maybe you know get really clever about it. There is one that I found out there that actually kind of plays to Sean's point a little bit, where I took the cumulative guys that are on this team, the 10-man rotation of dudes that we'll probably see every single day from Frazier to Haywood. Suzuki is not included in this list. But if you take them all from last year, the cumulative runners in scoring position is 257, which is actually above average for Major League Baseball. So in theory, contact, not a lot of power, a lot of versatility, blah, blah, blah. In theory, if they can kind of maybe match that 257 mark, you're right, Sean. Maybe they can put some runs on the board, and maybe they can stay more competitive in ball games. You know, Dom, you know, maybe add on a couple more things, you know, put a little more shine on this turd a little bit, maybe a couple other elements that if the Cubs were to get to 80 wins this year, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, Sean, Sean nailed it. Hendricks and Stroman got to lead this rotation. Um, I mean, Wade... Wade Miley, Drew Smiley, and then a handful of dudes who are just kind of chipping in and, and filling spots. Those guys, Justin Steele, Alec Mills, Keegan Thompson, are going to have to put up pretty decent numbers. I could go, you know, 10 wins out of any one of those guys would be huge. Um, I think Wade Miley and Drew Smiley are more of like what I would call a Carlos Zambrano kind of record. He might win you 13 games, but he's going to lose 16 or 17. Um, but we're going to need some help. <laughs> like it's, it's already showing. And, like, you know, just adjusting to the season, I don't think a week or two is a big deal. Like, these are pro athletes. Like, they got an extra two weeks. They're going to be fine, except for the pitching. You know, obviously, April's a rough month. Baseball still hasn't gotten my letters about moving all the opening day month stuff to, you know, warm weather climate, dome stadiums. You know, you're going to have to, you're going to, they're going to be playing doubleheaders all year, be it weather and, and lockout makeup stuff. So, pitching is going to be crucial. Um, I just, I feel like if Sean's right and these guys are going to make contact and get guys on and move them over, it's going to be rough. I mean, they're going to score two, three, maybe four runs a game doing that. I think a lot of teams are set up to, to kind of defend it, defend that now. The Cubs don't have a lot of power in their lineup. They're not going to be guys stroking three, three run homers every other day. Um, it's going to take a lot from a lot of people to get to 80 wins. I don't see 80 on this team. I really don't. I'd love to, I'd love to shine that on the table, but 80 is really tough. Yeah, no, it's really tough, and they'd have to have long stretches of consistent baseball, and I don't know if we have that consistency up and down throughout the roster to make it happen. Yeah, I believe the Cubs averaged 4.35 runs last year, which is probably more in the back half of Major League Baseball in terms of scoring runs. Did they even get to that number this year? I have my doubts. Uh, I really do. You know what I mean? I, it might go down just a little bit. Now, if you go down even further, that's the bottom of the barrel. I think 3.75 was the Pirates last year. That's the lowest number you can go. But I was already looking at that. And to your point, Dom, you know, about like the smileys and the Miley's, you know what I mean, of this rotation. You know, these are professional guys. And I do think Miley will be very, like Wade Miley when he gets out there will be very serviceable for this Cubs team. But I can just picture it right now, man. It's going to be two to one against Cincinnati in the sixth inning. And can Miley shut down that inning and prevent them from scoring? 
or will he allow it to either come to a tie or go three two Reds? And that's what happens with this Cubs baseball team the last couple of years, is that in game stuff kind of gets out of whack, and then you pull Miley, you go to the bullpen. Next thing you know, guy X and guy B is trying to throw, you know, to Joey Votto, and Votto's working him over, and that's how the Cubs lose that game on that particular day. Those are the those are the fifty fifty games that I think plus five hundred teams figure out how to win. I think the Cubs. I think that might be where they end up coming short. So let's get to it, guys. Let's play a little game of fact or fiction. These are kind of some statements, some prognostications, if you will, of the Chicago Cubs team. And by saying fact or fiction with our panel, I think we're going to get kind of a sense of how we feel like this season is going to go prediction-wise. So let's just start first with something that we were talking about in the offense right now. Uh, as I mentioned, the Chicago Cubs, I believe, were 18th or 19th in runs scored at 4.35. And there are 15 teams in the National League, so let's just keep it simple. Fact or fiction, Dom, you're going to go first. The Chicago Cubs will surprise people and will rank in the top half among NL offenses. Fact or fiction? I mean, I, wow. I could, I could certainly make a case for some categories. There might be some surprises, but so far this spring, they're 26th in the entire league in batting average. They're tied for the lead in strikeouts. This is more of the same. It's 17th in hits. That's lower than half. 20 on, on base percentage. What what are we doing? I mean, this is spring training. You should be raking against guys. And it's not like, you know, they invited this huge dump truck full of dudes and then just dropped them all. Like, they got rid of guys like a week, though. That's it. So we should have plenty of at-bats by now, and I'm just not seeing that pattern. I mean, if you want to go top half of the National League, maybe there's a shot. But overall, I'm going to say fiction because that's not happening. Yeah, I was trying to be—I was trying to be kind to add a little mystery to it, right? Can they get to seventh or eighth in the National League in terms of offense? Uh, you're saying fiction, Sean? Fact or fiction? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to say fact just for discussion and just disagreement with Dom, but it's fiction. I mean, <laughs> it's just fiction. I. I they're, they're not better off than last year, right? When they were scoring 4.35 runs a game, as you just said. So that number's going to drop. And then you have to take into account, like, a guy like Willie Contreras is probably going to be your 3-4 hitter. He's probably going to be gone midseason, right? So you're going to lose him, and you're going to have Jan Gomes and P.J. Higgins as your catchers the back half of the season. And that's one of your best bets. So I, I, would, I would not be shocked. That if you said to me top 10, I'd probably still say fiction. I wouldn't be surprised – if they were right there around 11th, 12th, even, you know, finishing just ahead of maybe the Reds, the Pirates, and whoever else. But I could see them being right around there. And, Dom, as far as your spring training numbers, just take a breath. Hamilton Simmons did not play in the spring. When we get his back, <laughs> take it off, my friend. Take a breath. It's all going to clean. It's all going to clean up. It's all going to be fine. Okay. You're missing. You're missing a huge piece, a huge piece of this pie. Um, uh, we'll follow that up really quick then, because it's kind of it's all it's all relative. We're gonna stick with the offense for a little while. Sean, I'm gonna follow up with you. Uh, Seiya Suzuki will make an all-star appearance this year. Fact or fiction? Ooh, I I I really want to be. I really want to have high hopes for this guy because I was watching some of his highlights, you know, yesterday from Japan and. Guy was just a great hitter there. I mean, I'm just so hesitant because we just haven't seen too many Japanese hitters come over and translate, you know, and I, I hope he's the difference. 
Will he be an all-star? You know what? I'll, I'll be positive here because, you know, I think a, a good bet for all of us, I'm probably going to lay 10 bucks on it. I think uh, I think Suzuki is actually the favorite at plus 300 for the NL Rookie of the Year. So I'm going to lay a few, few, few shekels on that because why not? So if I'm going to bet that, if he's going to be the Rookie of the Year, the Cubs have to have an all-star, I'll say fact. Why not to be him? I love it. I mean, I think the guy's got some talent. I really hope the Cubs fans cut him a lot of slack early on because, you know, we know what we do with the Milton Bradleys and the Moises Alou's of the world that come up and don't quite produce right off the bat when they sign their new contract with the team. So if he's hitting 171 after April, I hope we can all just maybe take a breath and, and hang in there a little bit. If he hits 171 in, in month one, it's going to be hard for him to make the all-star team. Dom, sure. uh, Factor Fiction, Seiya Suzuki is going to be named to his first all-star appearance in his first year with the Cubs. How many times was Kosuke Fukudome an all-star? Maybe once? I think he – I thought he made it the first year. Okay. Yeah, he came out high. I'm going to go Fiction just because I can think of – well, I'm sure there are five to seven – better players in the league. I know it's a popularity contest, so fans might want to throw him on just to see. Um, but I don't think he's garnering any, you know, an, an Otani kind of following. Um, he's, like Sean said, who knows if it's going to translate. I, you know, I contacted my Korean Baseball League contact. Um, we, we got a bunch of numbers out of him. 317 average, slugging 639. I mean, you got to like those numbers, but We've got some pitchers here with a lot of junk and a lot of movement, and he's not used to it. Um, I, th I think he's going to hit a little bit better than, than we're predicting in April, but I, I think if you're not off to a fast start, you're not going to put yourself on a board. You're not going to put yourself on people's radar, and it's not going to translate into an all-star appearance. Um, would I like to see a guy hit 38 home runs on my team with 26 doubles and 138 hits? Yeah, they could certainly use that. Um, but – you know, he's going to hit a certain point this year. And if he is doing well, who's going to be around him in the lineup to protect him? As Sean says, Contreras will likely be gone. Um, uh, Patrick Wisdom, I'm going to put Patrick Wisdom every single time. <laughs> so, I mean, who's going to protect this guy? So I think it's going to be a challenge for him. Um, I'd like to see him as an all-star. That would be awesome. Um, I think it's fiction. And look, he can still have a great season. He can hit 25 bombs and still not make an all-star team, right? I, and I, well, the reason why I wanted to frame it like that was I think Seiya Suzuki has to have an all-star type first half to give the Cubs a chance at getting to that 80 win marker. And even if he's a little bit below that, it doesn't mean that I'm going to dislike Suzuki or, or, or think that his future isn't going to be any less than what I think it can be. It just means that the Cubs aren't going to make it happen this year, which is kind of why we're walking through this a little bit. And how we feel about all these different parts of this team is going to really illustrate what we think is going to probably be the win total that we're going to pick by the end of the pod. Sean, hop in. What I want to say, if, if, if there's a fun prop bet we could all make this year, I'm sure we could find it. If there's a position player we could pick a place to bet on that's going to pitch this year, i take him. Because, I don't know, I, in my research last night, I found out that he was actually the staff ace of his high school baseball team. Like he oh, you, you, oh, like he'll pitch in a, in a, in a wipeout game? Because he he he... he like I was reading about him and they said he originally thought he would go to the Japanese league as a pitcher, but he didn't. His stock dropped from the first to second round and he ended up switching over to position player. And another thing we want versatility, I guess his first two years in Japanese baseball, he played at least 20 games at third, short, center, right, left, and first base, I believe. Mm, he's, listed, okay. he's listed with two infield spots on his uh, baseball reference. Shout out to yeah. them for my stats. 
Um, but that was surprising to see that that wasn't his, first, you know, outfield was not his first position list. And, and word is that he's a great all-around defender. And for me personally, I would love it if he could stick it in right field. Because as we just saw this past market, and we're going to see probably in next year's future market, it is really hard to find right fielders because no one really wants to play outfield defense anymore, right? Everyone either does that third base, becomes the corner outfielder route. They're not really good out there defensively. The center fielders are the guys that go left to right. But that right field position with the arm and playing the angles, it's just hard to find those guys. So if you can find someone that can lock in at that particular area, I think that'll be the best way for the Cubs. But just the fact that he can maybe play first base in a pinch and move around a little bit, um, I find that to be interesting. And clearly I'm rooting for the dude, for sure. And I don't think that he has to make an all-star team to have this season be a success. But I think he has to make an all-star team if this Cubs team wants to be over 500. That's a two. Those are two big differences right there. Uh, moving on to our next one, Dom, you're going to go first. Fact or fiction, Frank Schwindel will drive in more than 90 runs this year. Score 90 runs? Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I mean, if, we're, if we're talking that, like, what what is the question here? Last year, 77 hits, 13 home runs. You say he's going to drive in 90? What do you have? Four, wait, he had 48 RBIs, right? In how many at bats? Not enough. Uh, 222. Play it out. <laughs> fiction. I'm Pure just, yeah, yeah. Fiction. Well, he hit, I mean, you know, hit 342. Got to like that. Uh, on base percentage of 389. Could use an uptick or two. He could lean into a pitch or have a better eye. But um, 90 RBI. I mean, fiction, fiction, man. I, I don't mean to be, you know, I am. Just yeah, what would you? What would, so, yeah, wait. Well, I'm just saying this, this is where we're at, man. I'm just laying the questions out. And we're going with what we feel. And then we're coming with the results after. So, wait, where would you? Where are you putting at Frank Schwindel right now? I mean, like, look, like, let's be honest. We can make all the jokes that we want about Frank the Tank, about Schwindy City, but the Chicago Cubs are banking on this guy to hold down first base. And I think if you talk to people in the organization, I think they're banking on him knocking in 60 to 80 runs this year, right? So 90 is the number of him being like – 90 is the number where he shuts my mouth with the mustache on it right now. That's when he shuts my mouth after all the crap that I've talked about him, right? And I don't think he gets over that number either. But what what would be the number for you that'd be like, oh, okay, like good job for you, Frank? If he drives in ninety runs, I will grow a mustache to match yours. Oh, um, he said it here on the first of the five. I'll grow one too. We can be the three amigos then. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I just you know, I'm still I'm still hurt about Rizzo. Like, I'm just you know I know it's a money thing. And he's not coming back, and he's never coming back. But coming off of what we're coming off of, just just hang in, man. Like, have yourself a, a solid season. You don't have to drive a 90 here. I would be happy with 70. If he drove in 70, maybe 75 runs for him, that's going to yeah. be successful. I, I, I just think, you know, because he's got a clever nickname does not mean he's going to be, you know, he's going to be the, the answer that this future team is looking for. He's not going to be here longer than the rebuild that he has to. He's just trying to get us to the next. Well, I'll say first off, he drives in 75. I mean, that's pretty much what Chris Bryant did every year and every, and there's a lot of folks that love him for doing it. So, uh, you know, trying to think this through. So you said he had 48 RBIs and about 220 plate appearances. So if we double that out to 440, you're talking 96. But I'm already, you know, we do have the Rizzo vibes with him and that, you know, we got a tight back already in spring training. How's that tight back going to play in, in April and May in Chicago, right? Is he going to get, 
Is he going to get 400 plate appearances? You know what I mean? Like if he does struggle in the first month, are they going to start platooning him with somebody else with uh, the Revis kid or even a Patrick wisdom or, or, or Contreras down there? Like, is he going to get to 400 plate appearances? I just don't know that he will. I want to believe in him. If you had said the number was 75, I probably would have said fact, but I think 90 is probably a bit much. If he does it, I'd say this though, we can, we can take this back to the Suzuki question, right? If the Cubs want to win 80 games, if the Cubs want to be in it, if the Cubs are going to have an all-star, he needs to have close to 90 RBIs for the season for them to be competitive, if he, especially if he's going to be the guy playing first base all year. And also, you know, I look at him too. Where, where, where are we bat him in the lineup? Let's say the first three months of the season, he's probably what, batting third? Well, there I, I've seen lineups that have him projected more in like the fifth and sixth area, and they got Contreras and Happ in the middle with Suzuki as cleanup, and they're going to flip flop, and Schwindel might be fifth, sixth, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah I just I, said it. That's the meat of our order. That's the heart and of the I'm order. I'm sure we'll get into this. If you bat Ian Happ third or fourth in your lineup, you get what you get. But you know what I mean? If you're we got an Ian. We got an Ian Happ one coming. Trust right. me. But even, but but let's let's say like if if I if I'm making that roster and I bat him third and I have like a Madrigal or a Suzuki one two. Those are should be they get on base, you know what I mean? I mean Suzuki, we'll see what happens. With, or even a Nico Horner, so he might have some chances. I, I just don't see him getting the plate appearances, to be honest. So, so I'll say fiction. Well, and that's the problem is they're banking on guys like this this year. And you, we mentioned we keep saying the two hundred twenty-two at bats, and there's a lot of guys throughout history who have had a great run of a 220 something at bats but it's that full 500 piece that makes baseball so special and that's why tom hanks says you know what i mean it's supposed to be hard you know what i mean like that's where that's where the rubber meets the road like we could talk about gordon beckham on the south side having a great 200 at bats or whatever and then who knows what happened to him and look like yeah if the league starts to turn on him a little bit and he goes the other way and all of a sudden now we have no offense coming from the first base position. I mean, this is when this is when stuff gets really, really ugly, right? And if anything, like they're really almost overly banking on Frank Schwindel to produce this year. And I'm not seeing 90 either. 70 to 75, okay. But again, I, I guarantee you that that 75 is going to be an ugly looking 75. If you're only getting 75 out of your first base, you're still going to be like, man, we need more from there. Like he could just run himself into – Hopefully 60, you know what I mean, by himself. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, let's go off the team. Dom, you kind of uh, hinted to it first, so good job on the tease. You're going to go first, my friend. Kyle Schwarber, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, and KB will combine for over 100 home runs this season. Fact or fiction? It was, uh, it was Schwarber, Rizzo. Baez, no, Baez. And K- Baez and KB. So that's about an average of 25 apiece. Maybe some of them get 30, some of them go lower, but 100 combined for those four this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like just, just to follow the skating off the Olympics, we can throw out the high and low because we're going to throw out Schwarber and Bryant, you know, those guys. I, I just – I don't see ah, – gosh, I want to, you know, you're going to have to pitch some, to somebody in Philly and, like, that team, holy jeez. Like, I, I don't – I don't ever want they to will not – real quick about Philly, they will not be able to catch the ball, but they will hit home runs. <laughs> They're going to be so terrible defensively, it's going yeah. to be wild. But I, I agree with you. Their offense is going to be great. They're going to lose a lot of games, 14-12. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't. You know what? I'm going to go fiction. We're going to develop a pattern. I'm going to go fiction. KB might have a better year in Colorado, but, again, that's only half the game. Uh, Schwarber might hit 25 to 35. 
um, just because you're going to have to pitch to somebody. So pick your poison in that lineup. Um, Rizzo, short porch. I just don't think he's going to be healthy all year, sadly. Uh, I don't think that's 25. Uh, he might hit, you know, 20 and consider himself a success. So I'm going to go fiction on that. Sean, what do you what say you? Schwarber, Rizzo, KB, and Baez combined for 100 plus home runs this year. Yeah, I'll, I'll say fact. I mean, it, it, to me, to me, it, it comes down to two things. A, it's ballparks. I think KB playing in Mile High is finally going to get like he's going to be if he, again health around 35 ish home runs. Schwarber playing in that band box at Philly, that's going to be 30. He might hit 40 if he stays healthy all year. So now I just need what. 30-ish home runs from, from Javi and Riz. Now, Javi's numbers are, are going to come down a bit playing in Comerica, but I still think he's right there around 20, 22, 24 home runs. So now what I need is Rizzo. Can Rizzo give me 15-ish home runs? If Rizzo's back lets him play 130 games this year where he's either DH playing first base, I think he can do that. So I think, yeah, I think 105, 110 is even possible for those four guys. Yeah, I put it at 100 because of Rizzo. I, I was like, could Rizzo get me to that 20 home run mark? Yeah. And, you know, I, I think he might come a little up a little bit short. But, yeah, I'm looking at Schwarber. I feel pretty confident Schwarber's going to get to over 30, which gets you pretty close there. And then, yeah, if KB and Baez get you that 24 to 26 area, then Rizzo can do that 18 to 20. But, I mean, I just wanted to illustrate that, that those four are going to be over 100 home runs that we will not have the services of this year on our particular team. And, you know, um, on top of it, I am really curious to see too, as well, you know, the, the 100 home runs with Rizzo. Yeah. Maybe 15, 18, you know, somewhere along those lines that probably like makes a little bit of sense. Baez, by the way, I've been doing these uh, baseball mock drafts. Baez is going like in like the 10th or 11th round. Wow. He is, he used to be a top, 30 35 overall player that's a second third round baseball you know fantasy baseball value he's going in like the 10th round for detroit so nobody's buying in on bias right now let's bring it let's bring it back on the field let's make dom mad uh ian happ will hit more than 30 home runs this year dom fact or fiction i mean i got like three pages on Hap stuff alone <laughs> that's how i mean right, again is, another guy if a guy if ian happ hits 30 home runs a is he finally the piece that was promised moving forward? And two, that would help us be more competitive this year. He, I believe he hit 24-25 last year. So can he get to 30 this year, Dom? Fact or fiction? Fiction. I, I, I think the, the, the reason he is on the team is because he's a switch hitter. I, I really do. I, I think that he would have been long traded had he concentrated on one side of the plate. Um, you know, he can play multiple positions in the outfield. Hey, good for you because we got six other guys who can also do that. Uh, we don't have a lot of switch hitting. Um, we don't have a lot of lefties. So that's how I feel he's on this team. 148 games last year, a career high, and 465 at-bats. And I believe he garnered one of the best off-season texts uh, from our little group where Sean said he, he stood at strike three, looked right at it, threw the plate with a couple guys bases loaded, a couple guys on in a tight game, stared at strike three, walked back to the dugout. <laughs> Last year, he hit 226 on base, 323. you got to be kidding me, Ian Happ. I don't, you know, MLB The Show in 19 shut me up for like half the year. Good for you. What are you doing here, man? Go somewhere. Just get out of here. It's unbelievable <laughs> that he's still on this team. I mean, My favorite part, too, is he's the guy that we decided to keep. And he's, <laughs> he's the <laughs> one. <laughs> he's so... Oh. 
No deal for half. No deal. We're not doing it. It pays well to be the player rep, my friend. He's got the speed, switch hitter, plays multiple positions. Sean, does uh, Ian Happ hit more than 30 home runs this year? Oh, man. Remember we did this last year with Jacques Peterson. The over-under for bet yeah. online and in Vegas was 31.5 home runs for Jock Peterson. We all cackled at that. And we, we said under, but yeah. again, Ian Happ hit 25 last year. It's where are you at? You know, Ian Happ kind of falls into the same conversation we were just having about like Frank, the tank, right. Where like all of a sudden Ian Happ was Mr. MVP, like the last six weeks of the season. And he does that every year, but he waits till the, the games mean nothing. Right. Like, I almost think, like, you know, we could your question, Joey, we could break it down more. Well, Ian Happ hit 15 home runs in the first half of the season when the game still mattered. Fiction, 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 fiction. <laughs> he hit 30? Maybe because he might have 18 to 20 home runs come August, you know, mid-July, August, September, if he's still on the team and he's the only one getting pitched to because everyone, you know, I, I just – overall, I, I say fiction, but I just – I don't get it either. I've had people try to argue with me about, well, Hap just doesn't get enough playing time. He doesn't get enough at bats. 465 at bats last year. If he played every day, his numbers would be better. Now that everyone's gone, he'll get his chance. And I'm just like, uh -uh. what are you smoking? What are you drinking? No. Was Ian Hap the one arguing with you? Like, who is arguing that Ian Hap needs more playing time? I don't. And he, he he's going to start the year off like, as the DH, right? Cause isn't his elbow still kind of banged up from that procedure. So I, I would expect him opening day to probably be the DH uh, moving forward for, yeah, first yeah, a week or two. And then, yeah, we'll see what happens. And then again, you know, they've been talking a lot about too is, is Jason Hayward, the center fielder, you know? And then if it, if it is, then, you know, what Ian Happ probably moves to left Clint Frazier, who knows? We got, we got the Clint Frazier finally 30 minutes into this pod, but you know what I mean? Like, so it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, personally, I don't see it happening with Ian Happ for 30 home runs. I think it would be really great. I, I, I'm probably more with Dom. It probably would be in everyone's best interest if Ian Happ did not have a career year and we did not give him a ton of money and he can just go off. And look, man, he's he's not a, he's not a unicorn, right? There's a lot of left-handed slugging outfielders that look great for two weeks and hit the cover off the ball, and then all of a sudden, like as you mentioned, Sean, are staring at pitches right down the middle with runners on and a three-two count to end a you know a fifth inning rally, right? So I mean, he's just kind of one of those guys, and really cool dude, right? I mean, he's yeah. a really great personality, and we're rooting for him. But that's the Jason Hayward thing. I mean, the personality will only get you so far, I guess, in Chicago. Go ahead, Sean. And, you know, like opening day is going to be a perfect example, right? Like he's going to go out there from the left side facing Corbin Burns for the Brewers. He's going to get four bats, probably go 0 for, 0 for 4 with three Ks. Because yeah. the guy's going to go 98-99, and he's going to stare at fastballs down the middle, swing and breaking balls out of the zone. If he has anything, you know, if it's anything, it's like it's 7-2 Brewers. They've got their seventh reliever in. Ian Happ hits a solo shot in the ninth inning. And that, that's what I'm talking about. Like, and it's just not there when it matters. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and he's going to be hitting in the heart of the order. So just yeah. keep that in mind, Cubs fans, as we're trying to just lay out all the reasons why we may not be very optimistic about this particular season. Let's move on to something that is optimistic. Sean, you're going to go first. Uh, Brennan Davis will play over 40 major league games this season for the Chicago Cubs, fact or fiction? Uh, I'm going to, as long as he's healthy, I think fact for sure. I think we're going to, we're going to get to the trade deadline. 
you're going to see, like I said, Contreras go. Maybe we all should be rooting for Hap to have a good first half so the Cubs will trade him for a, a, a you know, a high A 19-year-old and, and playing time opens up. But I think for sure, I think by, the, by, by July, he's up and he gets a good run for half of July, August, September, and he might get 60, 70 games in. Yeah, and I put it at 40 because clearly, you know, September 1 call-ups is too easy, right? So I'm thinking, like, after August, we do another purge. Maybe a couple more guys get out the door. Does he up, get up with the team by then? And you're saying even maybe by July. Yeah, and, and here's my thing is he better, right? And this goes back to how we started the podcast, right? Like, are we rebuilding? Are we retooling? Well, we don't really know. We couldn't find anything out until the strike was over. Now the strike's over, and no one has still come out and said if we're rebuilding or retooling, blah, 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 blah. For your fans and for your organization, this is the guy right now that's probably just about there, ready. Get him up here in the middle of the season. Let him take his lumps in mid-July, August, September, when most likely, unfortunately, the games just aren't going to matter. And get him ready going into next year. That's what this year should be. Get these young kids. And, and, we, and I'm sure we'll talk about the rotation in, in a few minutes. But I think the rotation should be the same philosophy applied to that as well. Well, and on top of it, too, John, before I'm sorry, before you hop in, it's just like, this is when you have a type of team like this, you need, as from a fan's perspective, you need a couple of these Brennan Davis guys, right? A couple of, I want to flip on the TV and I want to watch this guy go through a round of at-bats. I mean, even before the Cubs were anything, we had that with players like Starlin Castro, you know, Anthony Rizzo, maybe a couple other guys. I'm kind of looking at this Cubs lineup right now and outside of Suzuki, and sure, we could throw maybe in like a Nico Horner and a Nick Madrigal in there. That's pretty much it in terms of, I want to see who could possibly be hitting for me in game one of an NLDS in two or three years. That's kind of all we got right now. So if in terms of Brendan Davis, I really hope that you're right where he can be up and we can see him go, you know, obviously it's going to be a roller coaster, but you know, see some shining moments along with maybe some struggles, but just get him up here and get him in a uniform. Dom over, uh, over 40 games for major league baseball, uh, for major league baseball games for Brendan Davis, fact or fiction. Oh, well, I wanted to go fiction through all of these, but now you throw this one on the table. This is the, this is the guy that's the piece of the future. Um, everything's going to revolve around him for the next three, four, five years. Um, as far as the question specifically, um, you know, your September call-ups, that's at least 25 games. So is he going to be up for 15 games before September 1st? Uh, I think that's highly likely. Ian Happ, Frank Schwindel does not put people in the seat. Davis does uh what he's doing is, i mean he's he's crushing he's crushing every level um they, they they sent him down what a week or two ago and it was thoroughly depressing because why not get him as many as at bats as you can against some guys who are fighting to make clubs versus you know going to a backfield and playing against a couple of other double a dudes great that he's not ever going to see again um he's he's the piece he's the future and and you're right i i think i don't think anybody's going to fall him nor the organization for uh for bringing him up early um I, I made a couple calls before the podcast i heard they were going to wait 12 games to bring him up um but we'll see uh you know it's not a reliable source on the inside but uh, uh maybe the future's bright for him like somebody else said it happened to man i hope the future's bright right <laughs> I, and, and when you think about it too it, it's funny you know we have dexter follower in our most recent memory but the cubs never have really had like a true blue center fielder right like we had the Corey patterson's or the felix you know felix pies or like you know we had kenny lofton brian mccray you know what i mean go back and you know lance johnson we had one dog for a while right and jim edmonds and blah blah blah, blah. but 
but we've never really had like our true blue lock it in borderline all-star sometimes all-star center fielder who's maybe hitting at the top or the middle part of the order and I'm kind of hoping Brendan Davis could possibly be that one guy and man if he is who we all hope that he is that really accelerates things right it, it just does like now you have Suzuki you have Brendan Davis and you've got this Nico uh Nico Nick kind of combo thing there and now clearly you can go out and kind of sign some bigger pieces and sort of maybe get this thing going a little bit and I think Brendan Davis would be a huge, huge point in that direction. Um, speaking of August 1st, we're going to come back to Sean on this one. Wilson Contreras will not be on the Cubs August 1st, fact or fiction? I mean, just seeing how everything's played out, I think that has to be fact. I, I don't – I, I'm really – again, and I think this goes back to what, what the hell are we doing? I, I'm really confused by what the Cubs are doing with Wilson Contreras. I just really am. If you're, if you don't believe in him because you think Miguel Amaya or Jan Gomes, whoever is going to be your catcher of the future, and you don't want to extend him, then why are you not trading him now where you can get more for him with the full year for another team? Why are you holding on to Wilson Contreras till July? Like we all know July, August is when he tends to go pulled hammy and he's missing for a month. What if that happens and you can't trade him, or you're basically trading him for a you know a bucket of balls. I I really don't know what we're doing with Wilson Contreras. I mean, me for one, I don't have a problem with extending him. You need a veteran piece to, to to build around. The guy's got a ring on his finger. He plays one of the most important spots. And now that we have the DH, where he can actually maybe just catch 110, 120 games and actually keep his legs fresh, I think his bat will be better. So I don't know what we're not extending him, but I think it's fact that he's gone by trade deadline. Uh, Dom, hop in. Will, Wilson Contreras will not be on the Cubs August 1st. You could just repeat everything Sean said. Uh, yeah. Sadly, I think it's a fact. Um, as, as he also alluded to, like, what a great piece he could be moving forward. I mean, if you're going to have young pitchers, extend them. Um, it's a, a, another another piece out of that 2016 puzzle going to fall. And, and that's, you know, I don't know if that's just, you know, the Cubs big heart I have. I well, it, it, for a long time, but yeah, I was, I was thinking about this. Um, I was thinking about this in, in way in, um, if you guys want to, where he kind of feels like he's in that Carlos and Brano zone of, of Wilson Contreras. We all know he's really talented, right? We all know he's really talented behind the plate, but his talents never really match the production on a consistent enough basis to probably give him the number that Wilson Contreras wants. And the Cubs don't want to necessarily pay him that. Like I know Sean, you said, if you want to weigh on this, like you said, Contreras can be a DH Contreras isn't a very good DH for me, to be honest with you. I need more offense from that particular position. I get what you're saying where yes, keeping him fresh and keeping him healthy probably brings us the best version of Wilson Contreras, but moving forward, he really does need to be a catcher because that catching position is just, it's just so shallow in terms of talent right now. There's maybe only four or five guys in the whole league that really probably hold their own behind the plate and at the plate too as well. So, I mean, I'm up for kind of uh, extending him, but do you see that Zambrano thing where like Zambrano wants to be paid like an ace? Zambrano isn't an ace. Contreras wants to be paid like Yadier Molina. Contreras isn't Yadier Molina. You know, it's just that right underneath there. Maybe that's where that impasse is. And, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see what the Cubs do. Well, I, I, and I wonder, like, 
from Contreras' camp, like when they look at other catchers in the game, like what's the comp? When he looks at a contract, is it like, is it what the the, the contract that Grandal got a couple years ago? You know, I mean, who, who is he? Who is he? Not looking? worth it. Like for me, like you know, it, I, I'm just curious. You know, if 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 Wilson Contreras wanted five at seventy, is that too much? Fourteen million a year for that experience? I mean, and again, yeah. I don't think I don't think by any means he's like a full time DH. I mean, I think he's still your everyday catcher. But if as opposed to catching 135 games now and doing yeah. night, you know night games, day games. If he's catching 115, 120, just that that extra 10 to 15, 20 games off a year, I mean, we've seen him. He can hit when he gets going. I mean, if he's if he's a 280-ish hitter and he plays catcher like that, isn't that worth? 14, I, I, yep, I, I I would think so, but I bet you he wants like real Muto money, which he's not going to get, no, right? Yeah, I agree. Now, if he's out there being so, like 95 at 100, then good luck yeah. playing for whoever you're playing for next year. Yeah, and and look, this is a this is now a documented thing with the Chicago Cubs organization and its players, their homegrown players, of them thinking that they're worth fifteen to twenty million dollars more than they're worth, and the Cubs actually probably come just below what the market value is, and the player gets really pissed off, and then they can't figure it out. And like you said, Sean, like that five for seventy, it it's just so far off for both of them now. We're like, yeah, I was thinking more like a four for fifty six. I mean, maybe he's maybe he's betting on himself. I mean, if he hit 237 last year, and he's going to hang on and think I can hit better than 237 in four months of baseball. Um, but maybe he's not the leader we're projecting him to be. Maybe. Like just just because he's the veteran doesn't mean he's the leader. Um, yeah. He had guys like you know Rizzo and Bryant and Baez and heavy heavy pieces that you know they command your attention in the locker room. Um, you know, maybe Hayward's more of a leader than. Contreras, maybe he's not asking to be a leader. He saw what happened. They took him to arbitration. He's like, "Listen, pay me what you want because I'm leaving in three months. It doesn't matter." That's what that's what I want. I mean, I, I just I don't think I've heard. Like, I wonder if the Cubs even have actually made him an offer. Like, I wonder if it's like gotten that far where the Cubs have said, "Okay, we'll give you four fifty six or four fifty and his camp just laughed it off and was like, "We'll enjoy our last three here." Or if the Cubs have just period been like, "Nope." We're not even going to make an offer. We know we don't want him long-term for reasons you guys said. And we love you, Willie. We love you for what you did in the past. Enjoy your last three months in Chicago. You're out of here. I, I just wonder like, what's how that's been behind the scenes. And we definitely know that there's uh, very um, – there's Chicago media people, you know, some very like um, high-profile people that want him to be extended. There's a, definitely yeah. a drumbeat and a narrative for him to get extended, whether that happens or not. We'll see. I'm, I mean, look, guys, I'm on the boat. You've, I was on it a couple of years ago. Of all the guys to trade, I would have traded Wilson Contreras, right? I would have traded him before any of the other four guys got kicked out the door over the last year or two. So that's kind of where I stand on that, and now he's with the team right now. And, yeah, no, it's just going to be something curious and something to monitor for sure. I mean, I know that the Yankees were connected to him for a little bit. You know, how starved is a team going to be for a catcher around the trade deadline? Um, you know, usually that's just something that everyone kind of punts on and sort of moves through and just sort of let's just find a defensive guy. Uh, it's going to be curious to watch. Sean, hop in. Well, and I, and I was going to say, too, just kind of bringing up a point you made a second ago about the organization. I, I, I think, you know, when you were talking about trading him two years ago, I, I could have seen that because you had guys like Miguel Amaya coming. But now Miguel Amaya's 
he's great defensively, but he can't, he can't, he's an okay hitter. But, and then he's coming off Tommy John surgery and he's missed a year because of COVID. So now it's like, what, what is in the organization? Like, I think there's a 19 year old kid. That's like, you know, probably at best three, four years away. So if you're going to let Contreras go, like, are you, are you going to have to turn around and go out there and just spend that money on somebody else to try to find someone who's almost as good as Contreras was, or are you just going to be like, okay, we'll just take the Jan Gomes type guys who will come in and hit 220 because they can handle the staff. If you're going to go that route, now you do have the DH now, so that helps. But if you're going to go that route, then man, you're, the rest of your roster, your first base, your third base, they better have some pop and they better have some thunder in their bats. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I do think that if we look back at all the moves that the, the Cubs made when they were building the World Series uh, title winner, I think secretly probably among like Jed and Theo, I think they were really pumped about the Miguel Montero deal, right? Because they made that trade, and the guy came in and was above average. And that's what you want from the catcher position. And you're not spending a ton of money on him, and he pops a couple of bombs out. Wilson Contreras coming up and becoming the eventual starting catcher. I don't know if they, like, foresaw that, right? You know what I mean? He kind of came up and earned his time and then took it away from Montero. But, yeah, maybe that's the philosophy and mold that they want to go with. Uh, let's just hit this one really quick. In terms of August 1, uh, factor fiction – uh, Dom, if you want to go first, Kyle Hendricks will be on the Cubs August first. I have no fact. Um, I think I think he's going to be the lifer. Um, I don't think he's going anywhere ever. I mean, they just you know he's got what a couple years left on this deal. They'll sign him one more time just to just to finish it off. And you know, he's the standard in the, in, you know, on the team. Um, you want to talk about being a leader? He's going to have to be a leader of this staff, whether. Stroman wants to file in, and Stroman seems to be drinking the Kool-Aid of, of what role he's going to have. So uh, I think he's going to be on the team not only this year uh, beyond August 1st, but uh, for a few more years. Yeah, I, I'm right there and with you. I just think it's kind of been out there. What is Kyle Hendricks's future? He's like the Jonathan Taves of the Cubs right now. You know what I mean? Like, would he want to go? Would he want to play for a contender? Uh, Sean, you can just hit this one real quick. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, will he be – on the Cubs August one. Yeah, I think fact as well. And I think also if you're the Cubs, like you have to keep better, some veterans on this team, right? Like if it is your goal next year, the year after that, to have these young kids start making their way up, they have to have people showing them how to be big leaguers, right? You have to have that guy in the rotation showing these young pitchers, here's how you go about your business. And Kyle Hendricks seems like kind of a perfect dude for that because he's so low key, so laid back. He just goes out and does his work. I don't think long-term for the organization that he's going to continue to be your one or even your two. Like he'll drop back down. He'd be a great five. He'd be a great five on a playoff team towards the end. Yeah. But I think for sure, fact, he'll be here through this year. Yeah. Let's follow it up, Sean. I'm going to stay with you, man. Uh, Marcus Stroman will lead the team in wins this year. Fact or fiction? So this is another one of my little fun, I think, bets. I'm going to throw a few shekels on. I think uh, Marcus Stroman is plus 8,000 to win the Cy. I think Hendricks is plus 12,000. So I think, wow. it's, I, think, I think it's fact that he will. It's fact that he will. Uh, he will. I could see anywhere 14, 15 wins. So I'm going to say fact. They better. Because, yeah, no, this definitely be a team that has the team leader and wins be around 12, and he could be like 12 and 11, something like that. Uh, Dom, uh, Marcus Stroman leading the team in Cubs wins. Fact or fiction? Well, I should like to go with Sean. <laughs> Let's give my hands on some shekels. Uh, <laughs> but, but I got I to go fiction. I think Kyle's going to have the most wins of the team. Um, again, Stroman has, has Zambrano-type numbers. 10 and 13 last year, 302 ERA. 
you know, 179 innings pitch, 158 Ks. That's, you know, 10 wins. That's great. I'd love to have you um, as a four or a five throwing that in, you know, with everybody else gaining more wins than you. Um, I, I like his electricity. Um, I think he's going to be a lot of fun for people to watch. I also feel like every game I'm going to go to, it's going to be a Wade Miley, Drew Smiley situation. Um, and I'm just going to be like, you got to be kidding me. Every time I get here, it's Wade Miley again. Um, so, you know, as like, I, he's going to cause some bench clearing issues, but I like that. I like a player with some fire, pick up a chair or a Gatorade thing and throw it around once in a while, get tossed, have some passion. You know, Kyle, I love, I love Kyle. Kyle's a great guy. He's the leader of this staff, but Kyle's not going to come into the dugout and Sean Rodriguez, a Gatorade container. He's not. Um, and I think, I, I think you need a guy like Stroman on your team to plunk somebody when somebody needs to be plunked and then mouth off after you, you know, when you're walking off the mound and, 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 and you know, cause a stir. Um, yeah. You're bringing up a good point too, as well, where if everything, let's say everything bounces right for Stroman, he's on a new team. He's got new money. He's with the Cubs. He's going to be like a must watch pitcher at Wrigley. Right, like he could really be maybe that guy that goes nine and two, over fourteen starts at Wrigley this year. You know what I mean? Just he just like feeds off the crowd, gets super into it. They kind of connect, and everyone sort of gets up for it a little bit. And maybe that's another thing too, as well, that if the Cubs were to get over that seventy four point five win mark, something like that would also have to happen. Where Stroman, you know, is solid on the road but dominates at home. Right? I mean, I don't think he can. We can't have him going 11 and 12 this year. If he goes 11 and 12 this year, he means he pitches deep into games, and we lose three to two, and we will definitely be over that 74 and a half. Sean, go ahead. Well, yeah, and, and here, here's more to my thinking of why, just to counter Dom's point about why I chose Stroman over Hendricks. Stroman, if I remember correctly from last year, has a very, very good ground ball rate. You're going to pitch at Wrigley Field in the summer. You better keep the ball on the damn ground. Kyle, on the other hand, and we saw it last year, he was giving out home runs like cake at a fat kid camp. You know what I mean? You get one, you get one. And same thing, the other, his last spring training star, four home runs. You know what I mean? And so I'm terrified for on a team that like we've all said, they may average three runs a game. These pitchers are going to have no room for mistake that Hendricks has just one, two or three run home run every game away from walking out of there without a decision. So I think the ground ball rate to me is what gives Stroman the edge over Hendricks we got a couple pitching ones left before uh, a big picture factor fiction, and then we are out of here. Uh, the next one is the team's closer by July 4th will be Rowan Wick. Fact or fiction? Sean, you can go first. So what? We got Michael Givens as an option. Yeah, right. So this is the game, right? Is we? I'm not expecting you guys to know who the closer is going to be. Yeah. All I'm saying is that we know who Rowan Wick is. He missed all of last year due to injury and or some other maybe side stories that we've told on this pod that we don't need to reiterate now. But he's back now in camp. They do need a closer. So I, okay, Is so Rowan Wick going to come back into the full? Is he going to come back into our lives this year? I, since, since since I can't 100, because this team is so damn crazy and we never know for one day of the next who's going to be on it. So I can't rule anything out because of that. And this one, I'll say fact. Because why not? He, you know, he was pitching in the eighth inning two seasons ago before he got hurt and missed most of last year for whatever nonsense. I'll say fact, because why not? Dom, let me rephrase this. Fact or fiction, Rowan Wick will have 10-plus saves for the Cubs this year. 
Factor Fiction, they're going to be in a spot to get a save at some point this season. Is what that that was the question? Um, boy, ten <laughs> that's saves, correct. Ten saves for Rowan Wick. I, you know, I, I agree with Sean one hundred percent. I don't know. I mean, just looking at the relievers they have on staff right now, I don't see a closer. I see a bullpen by committee. I see, you know, the Dominic style of why can't you just go out and throw an inning every day? Because how hard is it? You're a professional athlete. Go get me three outs. You know, I don't understand it. Um, I don't think they're going to be in a lot of positions to be up in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning by that by that much. Um, but this is a this is a motley crew. I mean, we got a Chris Martin, not that Chris Martin, but another Chris Martin, Scott Efra, Michael. Come on, man! Like there is no closer on this team. There's not. Rowan Wick is the best they, opportunity. I know. Sit down, Manny Rodriguez, the kid that throws 100 miles an hour. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Cody Cody Hewer's getting TJ, and it's just now it's just we. There's nobody. So I was looking at maybe someone that at one point we had a high hope for. Though you know, the, the same way that a Carlos Marmol kind of came out of nowhere and had a good three four year run as a reliever, Rowan Wick we kind of thought might be able to be that type of guy to fit that mold. Injuries have completely derailed his career, and now he's back. So could he get 10-plus saves on this team? I think it could be fact. Let's let's, let's add on to your fact or fiction, Joey. So fact or fiction, if Rowan Wick does have 10 saves, is that a good or bad development for this team this season? I think it's a good development, personally, because if he gets 10 or more saves on this team, it means that we at least have somebody – that we can count on. And that's what this season is all about, right? This is no. what we're getting. Like all this factor fiction is just trying to figure out who, what can we count on? Who can we count on? Not just for this year, but also maybe make pencil into our plans a little briefly for 2023. Like is Marcus Stroman a number one, number two pitching guy? You know, is he a rotation guy? Is Wilson Contreras worth an extension? Can Schwindel drive in 90 runs? Can Rowan Wick be a guy that saves 10 games? I mean, this is stuff that we're all trying to source out this year. So I want to say yes. Yeah. I, I, I do. I, I really want to say yes. I think he could be that guy. You know, is he the Joe Borowski, you know, of our, you know, of our year? You know, one, you know, he'll give it up and other days he'll just use his fastball and try and get three outs. Yeah, sure. It's not going to be pretty, but, you know, and follow it. Uh, let's just dive right. Hold on. We're just going to dive right into the next one because it's the exact same thing we're talking about. Dom, you're going to go first. Uh, two out of the following group. You guys are allowed to add someone if you would like, but I just came up with a list real quick. Out of the following group, two of these guys will prove to be rotation pieces in 2023. Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele, Cole Franklin, Caleb Killian. I'll definitely uh, I'll buy into Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, um, and I get one one other guy from the bullpen. Well, you that's that's two. That's two right there. Can I so if you think if you if you think there'll be rotation next year, that that sounds like a fact. Uh, I I think they can be. I mean, Justin Steele, left-handed pitcher, gotta like that. I mean, there's a couple of guys with really electric stuff. Whether they can control it and know how to pitch is, is a whole different question. But I mean, okay, so you've got Hendricks, Stillman, Wade Miley, and Bruce Miley. So that's four. Um, you're not going to run with a six-man rotation. So in theory, there's only one spot available and. You know, I think Justin Steele or Alec Mills could be someone who fills that fifth starter spot without a problem. I'll go, I'll, I'll buy into that. I don't even need a third guy. I'll say one of those two guys are certainly going to be in the rotation next year. 
Yeah, Sean, what do you, what do you think in terms of – again, we talked about a lot last year, trying to find young, rotation pitching that's homegrown that isn't going to cost a ton of money. Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele having pretty good springs so far. We hear, you know, all the prospect rumors about Cole Franklin and Caleb Killian about their talent. We don't really know what they're going to see from them this year. Do you think we can walk out of this year with one or two of those guys as a rotation piece? Why? Well, so for the, for the last two, for Franklin and Killian, I think they're, they're they're pretty far down in the minors, right? Like, isn't Cole Franklin starting out the year at uh, South Bend? Yeah, but they're also saying that he's a guy that riser. He's a fast riser, and he dealt with injuries last year. Now that he's coming back, he could be a guy that could, in theory, be one of those Keegan Thompson types uh, later on in the year, you know? Well, I will say that when you come in town, the three of us are hopping in their car, and we're going over to South Bend because that's going to be where it's at this year, by the way, for all you Cub fans. That, that, that's that's uh, But for this question, I, for the long-term health of the organization, the answer better be fact. It be, I mean, if two of these four guys don't end up – as solid pieces in the rotation, then we're right back to where we were when we're out here trying to, to, to buy, you know, Chatwood and, and Darvish and guys like this. And, and here's what I'll say about this year specifically. Why are Keegan Thompson and, and Justin Steele both not in the rotation from day one? Yeah. Why, why do I need to see Alec Mills in the starting rotation? Tell, tell me that. I know what Alec Mills is. He's, he's a lesser version of Kyle Hendricks. I need to see if Thompson, who throws 95 to 97, can be an everyday guy. Can Justin Steele, who from the left side, 95, 97, can be an everyday guy. Give them the ball. Let them go out there every five days. If they get shellacked around, they get shellacked around. Let them learn. Let me see if they can they can prove themselves and be pieces going into next year. If we're going to be bad this year, let's at least learn a few things while we're being bad. So I don't understand why Keegan Thompson is starting the year most likely in the bullpen. Dumb. Yeah, I don't understand that either. Um, the Alec Mills situation. Yeah, I'm with you. I would just put him as a swing guy already because you know, yeah. you know, Tom, you mentioned Drew Smiley. You know, Wade Miley's already on the shelf, right? He's not going to pitch what for the first two, three weeks of the season if we're lucky. Drew Smiley, you know, I'm not not counting my chickens on him sticking around in a rotation. Um, yeah, and I'm with you. I would just throw those guys out there and just see what happens. And, and if they suck, then you put Alec Mills in from the fourth, fifth, sixth inning, and you go from there. You know, it is time to take your bumps. And we've seen it with a lot of guys, too. Of Sometimes you do have to send them out there and find out whether they can get through a lineup twice. Yeah. And you need to do it to the point where you figure out, you know, there's guys, uh, you know, on the, on the south side like John Garland that figured it out, and there's guys on the north side. Remember Kyle Farn Farnsworth? Great for three innings. Couldn't get through the lineup a second time, and we all found out what he was destined to be, which is a bartender at ties till four. But <laughs> boom, baby. But, but you know, but this is the thing, though, Sean, this is what we're talking about, man. We have to find this stuff out, man. Yeah. Is Rowan yeah. Wick a closer? Can Brennan Davis be the center fielder of the future? Are Keegan Thompson and Justin Fields rotation, Justin Steele rotation pieces, right? Like, no offense, Clint Frazier, but. I don't think you're going to be on our team in a couple of years. So Patrick Wisdom, Frank the Tank, love you, but you're not going yes. to be. Honestly, we if we're going to be bad, let's learn, yeah. right? <laughs> so this brings me to my final two. I think we already answered one of them, so we're going to go to the big one here. And, Dom, you're going to go first. Fact or fiction. The Chicago Cubs will finish in last place in the NL Central. I'm going to go fiction. Um, I've been eyeing, you know, I've read every projection, Dakota, my, my friend, 
Pete Coda is also making predictions. Um, I don't think you're going to be as bad as Pittsburgh, but I don't think you're you're going to have more wins than Pittsburgh. But on you know, but on the field, you might look the same as they do at times. Just you know, like you just said, why why not? Why not put these kids in and just lose? I would rather lose and see what we've got available, and then muddle through a year with guys like Jan Gomes and Frank Swindell and like, come on, I know what you guys can do. Like, let's move this on. This isn't about you. Like Sean said, they're not going to be here. What's the point? So let's just plan seven, eight years down the road. I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the league. I don't think they're going to finish in last place in their division. Sean, the Chicago Cubs will finish in last place in the NL Central. Fact or fiction? No, that's fiction. I think Vegas is right on this. Vegas has them finishing third. And I think that's about right. I mean, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's opening day starter is Jose Quintana. Let me let, for everyone who just fell out of their chairs. Let me say it again. Is that Brubaker? Jose Quintana on the opening day. If we're not better than the Pirates, then I give up. I, 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 mean, no, I, no, no, no. God help us. <laughs> I just don't know what to do with that, right? So, no, I think it's a thousand percent. If we finish last place, then that means 15 dudes got hurt. We traded everybody. We completely gave up by July 30th, and we're just playing the whole double A team at the major league level. But I don't see that being it being that bad. So, I say fiction for sure. Well, they don't let you do that anymore. They, they, you can't be throwing games for half a year anymore because baseball would know when you're throwing games. Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta. You guys gotta make sure your payrolls at uh, a buck and a half, uh, and then that that starts it there. You can't major league it anymore, where you're putting them on buses instead of planes and all that, other, taking away their amenities. You just got to start off with a really low payroll. So here, here we go, guys. Uh, Sean, you're gonna go first, man. Give us a win prediction. How many wins are the Cubs gonna get this year? Well, I'm gonna base my prediction off the the number that I saw set, which is over under seventy four and a half, and. Man, I I know you just accessed a part of your brain that you didn't want to go to, but I'm just asking you to just open it up really quickly and then just shut the door as quick as you can. Protect yourself. You know what? I I feel like I'm a receiver going across the field who just got, like, clotheslined and popped up and has no idea where he is right now, and you just asked me that question, and I'm just like, I like the color pink. Like, my brain, you know what I mean? Like, how do I – oh, I – with the number being 74 and a half, I don't think they're getting to 80. I, I, I want to be optimistic here. So I, I'll say they get to 76 wins. They Ooh, slightly okay. get past the number, slightly. But, man, I fully admit I could be 15 games off with that prediction. <laughs> Dom, uh, win prediction. Yeah, you want to talk about accessing part of the brain that you don't want to go to. I open that little door, and there's me in the corner like, super excited that baseball is back super excited to to get a chance to go to the ballpark however that just seems it seems like a stretch um you know let's just say Hendricks has 12 Stroman has 12 that's 24 and somehow you got to get yourself 50 more (laughs) I mean that's a a big number Wade Miley how much Five, Drew Smiley, seven, uh-huh. Pedro, seven. That's not, that's not even seventy at that point. One like, random, one random reliever gets like nine wins. You know, there's always the, the one. The like, lucky fan in two twelve, row eight, who gets the pitch on July 9th. You know, I think if you hit seventy, 
you can kind of consider a success with this group. But I mean, if I'm taking that number off of Vegas and it's 74 and a half, as much as it hurts me, like I got to go under. I mean, I, I, I think you're not going to lose a hundred games, but you might be in that general vicinity. Yeah. I gotta be honest. Um, and I'm, I'm an optimistic fellow. And I, I talked myself into a lot of stuff. Even last year, can the Cubs turn it around? Even when they lost whatever, what it was, nine in a row or whatever. I'm going with like 65. And my reasoning for that is honestly, I know this is what happens, right? You get in into it and you start, yeah, you start looking at the lineup here's the, here's and the, the rotation. Point. And we've gone through all the stuff of like what they need to do to get to 80, right? And I just forget about how long this season is. And the consistency from the top to bottom of this lineup and this rotation is simply not there. And, Sean, you brought it up, too. Even if you get a couple injuries along the way, there's going to be too much water in the boat, right? And certain teams are just going to start pounding the shit out of the Cubs. And I just think it's going to get away from them for a little while. Now, could do I see them maybe June 1st being a couple games under 500? And we're kind of talking about a plucky young team that's kind of been feisty or maybe a team that wins four in a row or something like that. I do see that. That's possible. It's very possible. But, again, I, I think the the grip off the grip on the rope loosens at one point. It all comes apart, and they probably finish up somewhere around 65. Because keep in mind, too, right, like what is it? You know, it, it goes one way or the other. Sometimes those shitty teams finish strong, but also sometimes those shitty teams just lose a ton of games in the end. Because other teams are really playing for stuff, and the schedule just works out a certain way where they just come in and like, oh well, we got the Cubs, we'll take care of business against the Cubs, and blah blah blah. So, I'm going 65. It's gonna be bad. But, but that's no, why I think teams are gonna view this team like, oh, we're gonna go, we're gonna go into Wrigley, we're gonna take three out of four, no problem. Yeah, and, and upset and upset if you don't. And the, and their radio stations and their podcasts will be like, how the hell did we just lose three out of four to the Cubs? Like that's what they're going to be doing to us. Well, and here, here's what I, here's what I'll say too. I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at the schedule for April right now in my hand here, and I think we're going to know pretty quick because from April seventh opening day through Sunday April twenty fourth, so seventeen games, you get six versus the Pirates, including a four game set at Wrigley. You get a four game set at Colorado, who's going to be whatever add right right so you've got opening four games at home with the brewers is going to be tough and you get a three game set here with tampa bay which is going to be tough but if you've got 10 games between the pirates and the rockies and let's say you somehow go seven and three yeah, i was gonna say six and four yeah well right now if they come out of that and they go three and seven holy hell get ready i thought we had yeah. nine i thought you said the rest of the month I, I can see nine wins the rest of the month of April. Oh, yeah. I, I'm just going like through through that kind of first, that Pittsburgh. I was saying just to play Pittsburgh, who we're kind of competing with for like that 65 win. Like, we're going to look, we're going to play the, the Pirates and the Reds like 35 times this year. You know what I mean? Like, if we're if we're yeah. better, right, you know. So, I've been saying that's how you get to that 70-ish to 75 wins. you got to beat up on these teams that are supposed to be worse than you. So, we're going to know pretty quick. If, Pirate, if Pittsburgh goes 4-2 and two against us in April, who knows? Like Ross has pedigree. Like he's, you know, he got him off to a fast start in the pandemic year, and then just kind of stretched. So maybe he can push these yeah, kids. Yeah, I can. When they I don't can, know they're supposed to be here. Yeah, I can totally buy a twenty-three and twenty-one or something like that somewhere down the road, and they're just kind of hanging around there. They're not really good, but they're winning these games. But honestly, like the attrition of the season, 
the lack of not just depth but talent in depth that's where this all runs away from you and and at some point along the line you know i i just see i just see this team is going to be having a really hard time staying away from like losing 11 out of 14 at some point well, and I mean, just I'll kind of two or three times well and this is where that's going to happen joey you're saying coming off the wheel so after that pirate series ends on the 24th their next like two to three weeks are brutal you got three at the braves you got the uh, three at the Brewers, come home for two versus the White Sox, three versus the Dodgers, on the road for three at the Padres. Like that's le- that's legitimately what five, six straight series. You you could you could win at best a game of series. <laughs> three wins over that span. Right? Yeah. Show me the way to go home. Right? <laughs> I'm tired. I don't want to go to bed. Oh well, man. We're gonna, we're gonna, well, look, let's get through the first five weeks. We'll know pretty quickly. Yeah, and, and look, uh, you know, as we as we wrap up this pod here, you know, I, I I try and we try and find some sort of glimmers of hope, and I do think that there are going to be a couple of storylines that I think we are going to want to keep an eye on and cheer for, and I'm hoping that they are the Strowmans and the Suzukis and maybe Brennan Davis, and maybe there's a surprise along the way, and even if this team isn't good, I still think that they're going to be plenty of things to talk about. My Cubs consigliaries will be back on to do it, and. Look, I, it's just going to be a really tough year, Cubs fans. It just is. So just, you know, keep make sure the beer's cold and, you know, root for who you root for. And we were mentioned on the pre-pod, too. Wait till those prices go down on those Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber, KB jerseys because once those things go down, I'm vacuuming up that stuff. I'm getting myself a nice little Rizzo here. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm just getting myself ready because it might be a couple years before we're actually buying jerseys again. Like, would you – would you guys let's leave it? Would you invest in a Suzuki jersey right now? Yeah, I, 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 I would because look, who, who if I if you tell me I have to buy a jersey right now for this team going forward, who else am I going to buy? I'm not buying an Ian Hap jersey. Contreras is going to be gone. Hayward's going to be gone. I'm leaving the Hap jersey for Don. He can have that one. If I have to buy one, like he's the guy that has to be good ultimately. I think I, he would be the one I would buy. Yeah, Dom, if you had to buy a Cubs jersey of a member of this team right now, who are you buying? Well, I could I could certainly see fans buying a Strowman jersey. And you know, before I answer, first of all, like there was a lot of fiction coming out of me. Nobody is more excited for baseball than this guy. However, that's gonna be, you know, like Sean said, give it two weeks because you're gonna be banging your head on the table. If I'm buying a jersey out of this group, I'm probably taking Kyle Hendricks. Because yeah, good he, call. Is the, he is the bland winner. I mean, the guy has won. You hand him the ball, he's going to say, okay, and go out and do his best. Will he give up? You know, will he have another year where he gives up the long ball? Absolutely. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't buy into Stroman being here long term. I, I think Hendricks is going to be here a little bit longer, and he's, he's proven to, to be hopefully a leader of that staff. He's not, like you said, not an ace, um, but certainly as close to an ace as, as you would get without having one. Yeah, I think Hendricks is a great call. Um, I think Ross, Rossi's a, a decent call, too, as well. But you know your team is bad when you're buying the manager's jersey. That's when you know. That's when you know it's at maybe at the bottom of the barrel. I know White Sox fans went through that for a couple of years, you know, with Guillen, you know, after, after the team won and everything. And then, you know, I'm, I, just, I would love to live in a world – where Seiya Suzuki is a jersey that I would want. 
and I'm definitely rooting for that. I don't think I'm ready to probably go out there and buy it now. I'm cautiously optimistic. We probably have a little trauma from the whole Fukudomi situation, which sure. honestly is a it's a shitty comparison, right? Like international players coming over, like they're not the same guys. Like it's a really it's a really glib, like shallow comparison. But to be very fair, the Cubs have never necessarily dipped into signing international players like that and then have them come up and, and play and we just remember the hype and then the deflation of Fukudomi and that still affects us a little bit. Don yeah, Hoppin. did lead us to one of the best opening days ever. Oh, the there. best. I he think, weren't we together? I think we were together for that, weren't we? I mean, well, walk off the tie up, but like, I remember, I, I remember exactly where Williams. I was. I was standing in, I was standing in the, uh, the Dark Horse Tavern right on Sheffield when he get that. I was, I was with dude. We were with we were with each other. Yeah, it was raining that day. It was freezing, and then we yeah we pieced out, and then we made it and we hit that three run homer. It was like here we go, and he he was clutch early on in the season. And I'm definitely I'm rooting for Suzuki too. He seems like a really cool dude too, like really personable young guy too as well. Hopefully someone that you know four or five years from now, we're proud to have him hitting fifth in the lineup. You know what I mean? We'll see. Uh, gentlemen, we got to get out of here really quick. Uh, this was the Cubs season preview right here on Bet on Chicago. Brought to you by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code BLEAV. B-L-E-A-V. Sean Graves, throw out your socials, man. Great to see you, brother. And uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm always Instagram, Sean, G-R-V-S, and just on the Facebook. Find me wherever you want to. Dom, throw out your socials because i got to guess here by late July, you are going to be coming out of the bullpen and pitching some seventh innings. So we're going to want to get your socials now. I'm going to drill half in a simulated game. Dollar Double Zero on the Insta page. Well, you know, I follow a lot of cat accounts. I follow a lot of like, DC accounts. So uh, you don't know where to find me. What end of the web you're looking for. Yeah, and if you're ever hankered for some Simpsons jokes, just go over to oh. his because you're going to get it. You're going to get <laughs> any sort of Simpsons joke any day of the week, and it's fantastic. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. we got more pods coming the rest of this week. It is baseball week. I am pumped. We are going to be here to cover it. Thanks for checking it out. And remember, when in doubt, always bet on Chicago. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.